There once was a man named Sharp who liked his sport played on the tarp. When he scored at Caro, he bought out Mr Socko, and now everyone thinks he should scarp. This is the Totally Football League Show. Full disclosure, that opening ditty was penned by the bard of this here podcast, producer Abby. As the sometime presenter of the Totally Football League show and full-time presenter of the Parts Unknown Wrestling podcast, also made by your friends here at Muddy Knees Media, I'm obliged to assert that the only place Billy Sharp should scarp er to is the new UK Performance Centre, where he can learn what it takes to be a pro wrestler. Who knows, maybe one day he could be the new Grant Holt. If you're scratching your head wondering what on earth is going on, firstly, Caroline is off chasing a Hail Mary at the line of scrimmage and working on her defence at the Super Bowl. Secondly, Billy Sharp paid tribute to former WWF champion Mick Mankind Foley by pulling a sweaty sock from his jockstrap in celebration at scoring a pen at Norwich this past weekend. Foley loved it, by the way. He tweeted, Thank you at Billy Sharp 10 for single-handedly getting this broken-down dude trending. You just passed those at NY Cosmos greats of my youth. Beckenbauer, Stewart, even Pele as my favourite footballer ever. Anyway, joining me, Matt Davis-Adams, to explore more of the wonderful and weird in the EFL are the man, Sam Parkin. Good morning, Matt. The Empress of Tomorrow, Adrian Clark. <laughs> I'll take that. Hi. And the legit boss, Joe Crilly. Hello, hi. They're all wrestlers' nicknames, by the way. There's someone somewhere pop for that. No more WWE from here on in, though. It's true. It's damn true. Quickly, Sam Adrian, best, weirdest celebration you were ever a part of? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I had any. Nothing like that. I've got one now, though. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> the man of the is going <laughs> into Joe Crilly's mouth. Has that been down your jock? Uh, this is my winter sock used on uh, cold nights out. Love so it. I packed it for tonight in readiness. Nice. And I just pulled it out of my pants to stick in your mouth, Joe. So uh, there you go. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking on the way in if anyone that I played with had pulled anything out of anywhere, but I could only think of the Fulham striker who used to have the mask. Facundo Sava. Yeah, but I don't know if it was down his pants. I think it was in his sock. Out of his sock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a bit more hygienic. Yeah, isn't it? no pants. I, I I once was asked to put a bet on for Paul Merson ahead of kickoff. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> when I was an uh, apprentice at Arsenal, and I came back with a betting slip when he was in the tunnel, wait, waiting to go out out for the game. I said, "What should I do with the betting slip? What should I do?" He said, "Ah, give it here. Give it here." He didn't want to lose it, of course. Stuffed it down down the shin pad. Played the game with the uh, sweaty betting slip there. I said, no idea if he won or not. But uh, uh, I bet he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to the FA Cup then, what a weekend it was for the EFL clubs. Round four concluded on Monday night. Sam, you were at the Hive playing the role of footballing David Attenborough at the Battle of the Bees. Um, yeah. Firstly, wow. And secondly, try and sum up that ridiculous second half. Uh, tough. Uh, my weekend got progressively better because I was at Portsmouth QPR, which was pretty bad. And then Chelsea Sheffield Wednesday, apart from the wonderful hospitality that Joe Crilly put on. He didn't cook, but he invited me, which was pretty average as well. Chelsea Sheffield Wednesday last night was just brilliant. I thought Barnet were sensational. Speaking to the lads, because I played with all their staff, I didn't realise Darren Curry, Junior Lewis and Danny Sender at various stages of my career. It's been a quick turnaround since John still left and Darren Curry has tried to implement this quick passing football very quickly. I thought it was really evident last night. They were fantastic. That said, all Brentford's front three scored. They were good going forward. I think they didn't have Makocho last night. He's been a big part of this renaissance under Thomas Frank. So maybe they'll go slightly stronger in the replay. But I thought best game of the round, in my opinion, and I thought Darren Curry 
if that doesn't get the supporters going back to Barnet and get them on an upward curve and potentially back into the Football League in time, nothing will. All right, so that was Sam's performance so far. Adrian, plenty of others to go out. Oh, which plenty. Right. Yeah, I mean, Saturday night south of the river was really lively, wasn't it? Um, fantastic from Millwall. But I, I think I'd have to pick out AFC Wimbledon because they've been so rubbish, haven't they, really, in League One? Uh, home record, fairly abysmal, yet... The big boys come into town and I just love their attitude. I always feel that in these cup ties, you should never go in with the whole park at the bus attitude and, and, and looking to keep the score down. Be bold, be brave. And that's what AFC Wimbledon were. They pressed the lives out of West Ham, hassled them. That's what, exactly what you have to do. When you come up against players that are better than you, the key, I think, if you have any intention of trying to win the game, is to get in their face and just make make them feel incredibly uncomfortable. And that's exactly what they did. Wally Downs got his tactics spot on. Players nailed it. I was pleased to see Anthony Wordsworth shine. He's a player I saw a lot of at South End. A good playmaker, actually. Did really well for Colchester, but hasn't been anything special for Wimbledon. But he had a, he had a great game, as did many others. Uh, Dylan Connolly on debut. Terrific. So, yeah, no, well done, Wimbledon. Brilliant performance. Um, Sam... Wally Downs tactically spot on, sartorially dreadful. <laughs> Has he got the right to, to have the hunt with his players? I mean, four days after they'd lost 3-0 at home to Fleetwood, do you not say, where have you pulled that from and why aren't you doing it in the league? I know that's a bit negative, but... Yeah, quite possibly. I've, I don't know, I think Adrian's spot on. You, you have to make it into a cup tie. I say that when I'm watching league matches at times when it's inferior opposition playing against one of the top sides. You've got to make it into a scrap. And uh, Wimbledon certainly did that against um, West Ham. I don't know, the league form, I can't see them turning it around and salvaging the season. That's my honest opinion. And if anything, this is probably going to be a distraction, especially given it's a um, winnable tie against Millwall up next. It's the perfect tie, really, for both of those clubs. They both fancy their chances of getting to a quarterfinal. So I can't see the league form turning around for Wimbledon and Wally Downs in keeping with his son. Awfully turned out. <laughs> <laughs> but then you, you saw last season uh, a similar situation with Rochdale. They were right at the bottom of League One and a, a cup run galvanised them, got them a bit of cash. They were able to sort the pitch out, bring in a couple of players. Perhaps that could happen to Wimbledon. So they're going to play Millwall in the next round. They went big on this on, on uh, the big show, the Totally Football show yesterday in terms of what happened off the pitch as well. Bit of a vast that that second goal stood. I mean... I know it's they're trialling the system and whatever, but it does feel unfair to teams who don't get the benefit of VAI. You know, like we saw Chelsea got on on Sunday, Millwall were awarded a goal that they wouldn't have been. Yeah, it's, 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 it's an outrage, in my opinion, really, that not every tie has it. And if if it's impossible to get the technology and get enough people working on VAR for each game, then it shouldn't be in place. It's as simple as that. Um, Millwall would have had that goal chalked off for sure which means Everton would still be in the FA Cup and Barnet would have already gone through wouldn't they um, after that dive from, from Ollie Watkins the most blatant dive you, you could ever wish to see didn't make a huge song and dance about it afterwards but but they have a right to and I'm not I'm not one for retrospective punishment as a matter of course but I, th- I think that if we're serious about diving Ollie Watkins should get banned for that it's incredible because um where I was sat last night, it looked like the most stonewall penalty of all time. In, you know, we didn't even debate it at all. And having seen it once on the TV, I felt rather foolish because <laughs> you, you're right. And when he came off, Darren Curry gave him a mouthful. And I think Ollie Watkins had already uh, admitted 
to the the chap who went into Tonda, I think it was, who made the challenge that he'd, he'd lost his footing or there was no contact. If nothing is done about it, then I, I, would, I would like Barnett to put in a complaint. I mean, well, you see all these clubs putting the complaint about Spygate. So this is obviously something they're prepared to do. If if the clubs are serious about getting rid of diving, then then they should kick up a stink until things like this, incidents like this are stamped out. Mm. Elsewhere, Bristol City 2, Bolton 1, sorry Joe, eminently winnable tie next for Bristol City, either Shrewsbury or more likely Wolves Reserves. They'll fancy their chances there. One that's sort of gone under the radar a little bit, given the magnitude of it, Middlesbrough 1, Newport 1. We had Mike Flynn on last week and Matthew Dolan, the ex-Borough Academy kid with the injury time equaliser. Man City at home in round five, quite the motivation for Newport, but will Tony Pulis be looking at it and thinking, well, we're probably going to lose that anyway, so I'll put out a weakened team when we go down to Newport because it's a hiding to nothing in the next round. It kind of makes it more likely that there'll be an upset. Okay, good shout. Um, yeah, I think their priority is going to be the, the, the league moving forward. Um, the form that Manchester City are in, what they've been doing to teams in the cup. Yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll want to win the game, won't he? And it's a big game for him because it's his, his hometown, I think, Newport, isn't it? So it's wonderful in that regard. It was it was another one that had the romance of the cup, certainly, because the Newport supporters who travelled up there, their celebrations when they got that last gasp equaliser was was fantastic so they've had enough success though haven't they Newport they're <laughs> taking the shine away from all the other EFL clubs the amount of success they've had in the competition they've had their day last time I want to touch on Sam Doncaster 2 Oldham 1 weird old day for Peter Clark. you ever had anything similar own goals penalties conceded scored at the right end um, uh, you won't forget it I suppose no I was quite fortunate really um, I know it happens a lot though doesn't it when you score a, uh, an own goal and then you seem to go up the other end and, and make amends. It does seem to happen quite a lot. But no, I gave away a few penalties. I remember giving away a penalty in a particularly crucial game and Mick Half had absolutely battered me after the game. Not physically, but verbally. But yeah, no, I was quite fortunate really in my career. I don't remember ever scoring a my own net. Doncaster, their reward is a home game against Crystal Palace, which they might well fancy. Swansea will play either Barnet or Brentford after the replay. It's Brighton or West Brom at home to Derby. And Pompey or QPR playing host to Watford. Joe? EFL club most likely to win the FA Cup or go the furthest according to the to the odds makers. I'm assuming you get a long price on anybody outside the the remaining established top four Premier League clubs. Yeah, the uh, the the top seven in the betting are all Premier League teams. Then it's Frank Lampard's derby at fifty to one, Bristol City, Swansea, and West Brom all eighty to one. Right, that's the FA Cup action for now. Let's head into the Championship. You're listening to the Totally Football League show in association with William Hill. To the championship then where it's Leeds who remain top moving further away from the rest after Klitsch clinched victory at Rotherham whilst a Desmond was played out at Carrow Road between Norwich and Sheffield United. Further down, Martin O'Neill got his first win on his return to two-time European champions Nottingham Forest as Wigan's horrible away run continues. Along with Ipswich, who lost to Villa, they've identical records, played 15, won one, drawn two, lost 12. That's five points from a possible 45 on their travels. Oh, to be a football fan. Norwich 2, Sheffield United 2 then. Did we see how Sheffield United managed to counter the pink wallpaper in the, yeah. <laughs> in the yeah, dressing room? Yeah, well played. Was it the kit man that, that, that took credit for this, um, adorning it? With glorious moments, is that right, in the, in the history of Sheffield United? I can't and remember. essentially lots of white. Yeah, exactly. So, look, they've drawn attention to it. 
the fact that there was pink walls. I, I, I do think it's all a bit of a nonsense, a bit overblown, isn't it? I don't think the players would have been the slightest bit bothered to walk into a pink dressing room. Probably wouldn't have noticed or cared. But but look, it's a it's a nice story, and uh, it was a great game. Really good standard. I think that was the takeaway, wasn't it, from from this this particular contest? Two teams that that look better better than teams that are at the bottom of the Premier League, playing with real confidence, quality. I thought the goal, the Norwich goal, was brilliant. The first one, loads and loads of, uh, yeah, loads and loads of moments to savour from this game. I did think that that Norwich would be kicking themselves though, because that was that was a daft concession of the penalty from Buendia. Absolutely silly to 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 make the shove where he did. But but yeah, the the big takeaway is the standard of football was top draw. Sam Daniel Farquhar, we know, likes to big up his team. First goal was beautiful football. The second goal was world class. Um, do you think that this could be a Premier League game next year? Yeah, quite possibly. I don't think Norwich are going anywhere. Um, I thought uh, the goals were spectacular. The second, the second in particular, Pukki's little clip finish was was brilliant. And I think the ominous thing for everyone else is that Leitner's going to be back um, in the next couple of weeks. I believe who was their standout player. Uh, for a long period. Closer doesn't need surgery as well. Ben Godfrey's been playing at, at centre-half and doing brilliantly, but he makes them better as well. So with those two coming back in, um, it's looking really good for them, looking really rosy. I fancy them at Leeds, and I will come on to that, but I fancy Norwich to go to Leeds and maybe get a point, if not all three, at the weekend. But yeah, credit Sheffield United as well, because for being second best for large parts, it could have ended up like it did for Birmingham City a few weeks ago Norwich out of sight at half time but Chris Wilder clever in the second half as well changed the system and that depth that we spoke about last week Medine and Dow in from the start this time around Duffy and McGoldrick off the bench linking for Sharps equaliser and Duffy I think very important in terms of turning it around and getting United a point we mentioned Leeds there, 2-1 for them at Rotherham. Kind of a derby, not a massive rivalry that I'm aware of. But we keep expecting Leeds to blow up because that's essentially what Bielsa teams have done more often than not. But it doesn't look like it's going to happen, does it? Six points clear of third place Sheffield United now feels significant. Yeah, I, I've, I've said for the last pretty month or so that I do fancy Norwich and Leeds to stay in the top two. I certainly would, would, back, would back Leeds to, to have stickability here. They've addressed the big problem area. It wasn't, it wasn't that... Peacock Farrell was having a stinker. I just didn't think he was the guy to trust in that run in with the big pressure games. Kiko could see a brilliant save in the second half from, from a real scorcher. Um, so that made a difference. They've got young legs as well. I think that's really important. You talk about Bielsa's teams blowing up. They've got so many kids. We've, we've bigged up Jack Clark. It wasn't his day at the New York Stadium. He was having a bit of a, a, bit of a shocker in the first 45 Got the hook at half-time. Tyler Roberts comes on. Bit of a tactical tweak. Starts t- uh, taking up positions that Rotherham weren't sure about. And it changed the game. And, and Leeds, by all accounts, were superb in that second half. So so onwards they march. Really, really impressed with them. Blackburn 3 whole nil. All good runs must come to an end. Um, Blackburn, goal difference of minus one, but they're in eighth. Obviously, Huddersfield went up with a negative goal difference a couple of years ago. Are they are they creeping up towards uh, playoff contention? I wouldn't put any money on them, Joe, <laughs> to be honest. Um, it's a great victory, four wins in a row. And, you know, I think all season, me and Adrian are probably, you know, sticking all our eggs in the Bradley Dack and Danny Graham basket, but there's some other players coming to the fore now. I don't know exactly what went on, so I don't want to get too engulfed in it, but I'm pleased for Rodwell because I thought that Sunderland documentary, everyone came for him. And I thought some of those scenes really 
having been in football dressing rooms, the actual one when he was asked, oh, do you think you'll feature at the weekend? And he went, no chance. I don't think that was him saying, I'm going to throw an injury in. I think that was him saying, no, I'm completely away from the first team picture. I said exactly the same thing in, in yeah. that situation. Yeah, so that in isolation, I, I think people jumped on. I don't know what went on, so we can't really pass comment. But I'm pleased that someone's put in belief in him, Tony Mowbray, and he's playing as a centre-half. Scored a goal at the weekend. A brilliant result for him and, and great to see him doing well. How on the other side... Um, lost both their centre-halves before this game. De Vries went off at Villa Park the other day, conceded in the second half at Villa, conceded three at the weekend. They need reinforcements, otherwise I think the wheels could fall off there. Just on Jack Rodwell, um, briefly, Adrian, he, he was portrayed as the heel, as we say in wrestling, in that in that brilliant documentary. He didn't do anything wrong, did he? You're talking about a player who nearly saw his career ended by injury. He had a big, fat contract. It's not up to him to say, oh, OK, just because Sunderland are having some financial struggles, I'll give that up for no, you. No, no, it isn't. Uh, it wasn't his problem. No, I, I always think that f- footballers in his position are harshly treated by the wider public at large who, who just presume that they've got in so much money that they can just rip up that contract and, and go, go somewhere else on, on smaller money and it doesn't affect them. It, no, it, it was Sunderland's fault for giving him the, the whopping deal. I don't know what his attitude was like. I think in, in those scenarios... If you play like you run through brick walls, I always think that that you would get selected. But I've also known of clubs that have got players earning big money and they want to force that player out. Winston Bogard at Chelsea or Bahade at Chelsea, I used to be his ghostwriter, believe it or not, back in the day. And I basically became his spokesperson for for a year or so. He was vilified as this this bad guy. But Chelsea were effectively trying to force him out of the club. They were trying to make life so miserable for him and making him train with the un- with the reserve team at first. I then it, it. Then it was the under. Then it was the under 18s. You were the influence of us. Yeah, you, were you there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So they were in the under 18s, and he wanted to play for the first team. But but it wasn't his fault that they were trying to basically bully him out of the club. And and he he being a stubborn Dutchman and a lot of of Dutchies from my experience in football can be quite stubborn he was saying I ain't going nowhere I ain't going nowhere and and it was within his rights he ruined his career thankfully it looks like Rodwell's got this second chance and that he he might be able to restore his damaged reputation what a horrible position for him to be in to be put in with the reserves and then have Sam Parkin oh, running rings around him in training every day that's the point though no footballer doesn't want to be out there on a Saturday afternoon I can't actually recall the start of Rodwell's Sunderland career but if he didn't hit the ground running as well and put in a few tepid performances and then he's out of the team because of injury manager doesn't fancy him it all snowballs and he, he got himself in a really difficult position so we don't know what his attitude was like that's an important point as well but good to see that he's resurrected directed his career elsewhere, definitely. Uh, elsewhere, Stoke nil, Preston 2, uh, no magic one for Nathan Jones. Their problem's kind of summed up by Shawcross taking the pen off a of Tebow who wanted it, giving it to Klukas and then him missing. But we probably ought to give Preston some props, haven't we? Really impressive, successive away wins at QPR and now at Stoke. They're, they're having a, a, a decent second half of the season, it would appear. They are. I can't believe every time you check the league table and you see where they're still languishing. I mean, a couple of brilliant uh, away victories. They've bolstered the squad, obviously, with, with Potts. Um, don't think it was Stockley's day at Stoke at the weekend. It seems that the defenders are getting a lot of the plaudits. Story, again, very good. The other lad they took from Exeter. And, and Brown now got the, the touch away from home like he's done at Deepdale so frequently this year. Two in two for him. Ten for the season. People probably be taking notice of that because... 
Uh, Preston has been a club that have uh, lost a few players as well over the last few years. But no, fantastic. And, and um, for Nathan Jones, more work on the training ground. Started with the three again, but changed mid-game. Good signing. Danny Bartz. I don't know if he's yeah. gone through as, as we speak. It has, I think. So um, I think that's a good steal, first of all, off Middlesbrough. Um, but but he'll, he'll upgrade that defence. I've said for a long time on this pod that the Stoke rearguard needed ripping up and starting again. I think that Williams and Shawcross are way beyond their peak. And this is the first step in that. Forest 3, Wigan 1. Hooray. Uh, as I say, first win under Martin O'Neill. After a fortnight thinking about it, Roy Keane has finally decided he's coming back to his first home in English football. Uh, I'm sure that'll go down well with some of the players to have him screaming at them day in, day out. <laughs> Can't foresee anything going wrong with that at all. Uh, Lolly and Cash score here. Speaking of which, a rumoured £8 million bid for Reese Oxford. Really talented player, so we're told, although we haven't seen very much of him. That's a gamble, isn't it, at that money? Well, uh, yeah. My first question would be, why so much for a player that hasn't really played in English football? I was, I remember analysing the game, his debut. He was brilliant for West Ham at Emirates Stadium as a 16-year-old. He was absolutely outstanding as a holding midfielder that day. But West Ham have not seen fit to really utilise him since. I know he's been on loan to Germany a, few, a couple of times. Just seems a lot of cash for for someone that that's got a lot to prove. So, if I've got eight mil to spend, I could think of at least fifty safer bets across the EFL than that. As Adrian says, Sammy has played in Germany a bit. You and I watch a lot of youth football. He's looked great in that, but as we know, the gap between PL two or whatever you play in and the Championship is ginormous. In the fleeting performances I've seen for him in, in West Ham's first team, uh, when he's been given an opportunity in the Cup, he hasn't looked like he's still got that potential that he showed in that, that early, uh, certainly the debut against Arsenal. So I've not been so sure. The people that see a lot of West Ham's other teams, I think would echo that as well. So it's someone who's younger than a Rodwell, of course, needs to get into a, a club that suits him and start playing regularly. Otherwise, that potential is soon going to be forgotten about. And, you know, he was talked about a future England player, a top England player, and it's not materialised as of yet. So his next move, his first move away from West Ham is going to be very important. Joe Crilly from William Hill. Odds in terms of promotion and teams not quite uh, there yet. Forest, Blackburn, Hull, any chance of them sneaking up? Not quite there yet is perhaps the uh, correct phrase. Forest 16 to 1. There, there are only a couple of spots off the, the playoffs, so I mean, that looks quite a big price. Blackburn and Hull, uh, both 33 to 1. Hull have uh, slipped down a bit because they were as short as 16 to 1 a couple of uh, weeks ago, but that, uh, that defeat at the weekend has seen their odds drift considerably. What about the title, Norwich or Leeds? I'm guessing it, it chopped and changed a bit. Yes, it did. So about 70 minutes into to the, the games on, the, uh, on Saturday, uh, it was Leeds were 11 to 10, Norwich were 5 to 2 uh, to win the title. Obviously, both of those had relatively late goals which which swung the the outcome uh, and Leeds are now five to six at odds on to win the title for the very first time Norwich drifted ever so slightly to seven to two now and uh, West Brom are third favourites at five to one right time for a little pause next we head off to League One make this an every Saturday super with the Super Saturday reloaded coupon from William Hill available in all William Hill branches across the UK With more prizes on offer than ever before, your new Super Saturday competitions offer you the chance to win a share of £1 million and some additional extra goodies specific to your region. 
All you have to do is select the number of goals, corners and cards across three selected football matches. Super Saturday football and racing competitions are free to enter when you bet £10 at your local William Hill. T's and C's apply. You can find out more at williamhill.com. And remember, when the fun stops, stop. It's League One where the action is at as Luton move into pole position following their win away against Southend. As we said last week for the Shrimpers, with every win comes a loss and so it continued. Barnsley up to third following their win over Rochdale and at the bottom it's as you were with Scunthorpe, the only team to rise in the table as they defeated Fleetwood at Fleetwood. Obviously we've got this big game tonight as we record between Portsmouth and Luton, but... We're going to Peterborough, where they work quickly. 35 minutes after the full-time whistle, Steve Evans is out, and in comes, you guessed it, Darren Ferguson. They had a cracking start to the season, didn't they? But their home form has been a bit rubbish. Still in the playoff positions, it's kind of a risky move. Sam Evans was a divisive figure, but they say you should never go back, never mind going back-back. Well, yeah, um, I don't know. If it does anything, it'll probably bring people together, the supporters, and galvanise the place. Um, They've been very split on um, Steve Evans from the start of the season, even when they were winning games. You know, I remember sitting in this chair and speaking about some negative tweets and negative stuff that the chairman was having to deal with because of the style of football. And they started with five wins on the bounce. They were playing quite simplistic stuff down the sides into the channels for strikers who were scoring goals in Godden, uh, Cummings and Dembele was at the top of his game. These guys seem to have all fallen off a cliff in the last few weeks. So the form has been difficult over the last few games and I don't know he's got promoted three times I think yeah four times three times with Peterborough Um, if someone's going to give them a little boost towards the end of the season he's probably the right man he's not really done it anywhere else Adrian but there are times where clubs and managers just fit and he's obviously got this great relationship with Darren McAntony too which helps I think that's massive actually yeah I think the relationship with the with the chairman the owner is 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 key and it's a popular move, isn't it? Because everything was beginning to f- not fall apart, but they were there was a bit of infighting. He, he wasn't getting on with some of his best players, Steve Evans. It's brutal, the way it happened. Obviously, it's since come out that, that Ferguson was contacted on the Friday night. If I was to make a change, would you be interested? Yes, I would be. Saturday evening, he gets the call. I've made the change. Do you want it? It, it feels harsh on Evans, but, but look, Evans has walked out on teams before. You know, the way, the way he treated Mansfield wasn't great. Personally, I find Evans' management style pretty abhorrent. I'm not his fan at all. I just don't like the 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 way, the abrasive way that he goes about his work inside the technical area, turns every opponent into an enemy, every referee into an enemy. And I, I just would have hated playing for him. I would I would have quit football, I think, if 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 I'd have had to work with him. So so yeah, I personally I think it's a it's a good move. Over the last eight games, their form was the third worst relative to their season as a whole. Um, Portsmouth is worse uh, over the last eight games to their season as a whole, obviously. Walsall as well. But Peterborough's, uh, yeah, it's definitely fallen away. So, um, yeah, personally, I, I back the change. And to be clear, you're not a fan of Steve Evans. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> um, so ahead of the midweek games, we've got a new leader in League One. It's Luton, two points clear of Pompey, uh, who do have a, a game in hand ahead of that meeting between them tonight. No reason why Luton can't finish in the top two. Do they stick with Mick? Oh, yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot, actually. Um, he's adamant he doesn't want it, but will it rock the boat to bring a fresh voice in now? You could argue that it probably will. Obviously, we had Gary Sweet on a couple of weeks ago now, and you know, ultimately, these guys have got Luton running through their veins. They're very aware of what Mick means to the football club, and they 
a very good relationship with Mick Harford. So it wouldn't surprise me, but I still feel that the need to move forward is probably the right thing to do to appoint someone. That would be my hunch on it. So I still think that's going to happen. It sounds like Mick's involved in the process, but they're going along brilliantly. I think they've got brilliant players though, Matt, and they've got a way of playing that is ingrained in them because of the work that Nathan Jones has done. So that's just a continuation and missing some big players at the moment. Spoke about Hilton, who's out at the moment. Last week on the show, Luar Luar's done a brilliant job in his absence, but he's not a striker. So it was a different type of win at Southend. Gritty uh, defenders getting the plaudits, Bradley and, and Pearson with the goal. So they're going along brilliantly and Portsmouth looked off it, you know, against QPR. Got themselves a draw in the cup, but they're missing a lot of their good players. I think uh, Lowe should be back for tonight, but Portsmouth are in a little bit of a poor period for them. So I fancy the Hatters. Shades of the Solskjaer about Mick Harford at the moment, Adrian. Is, <laughs> is so, it one yeah. of them where you just say, no pressure, you, you keep it for a bit? Keep you rolling know. on, yeah. Why not? If Yeah, there's no sign that they're falling apart. I mean, defensively strong. They hadn't, I think it's important to, to know that they hadn't beaten any one of notes, Luton, in terms of their, their playoff rivals, home or away, until that until they they walloped Peterborough, so that was a breakthrough moment for them. They've, they've backed that up, going to South End, and which isn't isn't easy, and and they've ground out a win. So though, stick with it, I guess is the message. But then you lose a couple of games, and maybe that might just provoke the change, and then you're looking for that new manager spike ahead of the running. Uh, but but player for player, I think Luton should make the top two no matter who is in charge really who joins them I'm beginning to wobble on on Pompey I have to say and Barnsley are looking like a, a team even though they've lost some good players particularly Potts Kiefer Moore is currently the best striker I think in the championship on current form I mean 14 goals I think he's got now most of them away from home as well and he's scoring some perlers so this is uh, this is a guy that might inspire Barnsley who I know William Hill have been backing the whole way through haven't they they had a dip it feels to me as if momentum might be with the the tykes is it what's the weekend's action done to the odds promotion wise league one Joe spot on Adrian Luton are favourites uh, to win the title uh, for the first time, seven to four, uh, just ahead of Barnsley at nine to four, Pompey eleven to four, Sunderland nine to two. It's all very, very close there. But if we go into the the promotion market now, uh, Barnsley are second favourites. Uh, Luton four to eleven, Barnsley four to nine. That would suggest that those two, certainly as far as the odds are concerned, that those two will be in the uh, top two spots come the end of the season. And what about Peterborough? What's the what's the managerial change done to to their hopes of going up? Well, they've just been drifting constantly for the last few weeks, and uh, they are now twelve to one. They they were they were nearly odds on around Christmas time, uh, New Year. I think they were about the even money mark, but they're now twelve to one for promotion, and it's just, it's going to be very hard for Ferguson to turn things around, especially when you've got teams like Luton and Barnsley who don't look like they're going to lose any time soon and drop any points. And Pompey, you'd expect them to get out of the rut, and Sunderland and Charlton. Uh, playing so well as well it's, it's, I think it'll be tough for them to, to get into the final playoff spot if those are going to be the top five teams Right with a tip of the hat to Blackpool, Scunny and Wickham that's League One complete you'll never guess which division of the EFL we're visiting next
to the top of the table clash in League 2 at Gig Lane. Unsurprisingly, it turned into a goal fest. 3-3 the final score between Bury and Lincoln. That draw meant Mansfield's win over Tranmere allowed them to leapfrog Bury into second place and Grimsby shocked MK Dons to stop their rotten luck. Whilst at the other end of the table, Macclesfield lost 3-2 to Cheltenham and Notts County, well, they're up first. They didn't even play this weekend, but Notts County is where we've got to begin because it's gone from bad to worse there. First, owner Alan Hardon. Hardy, Alan Hardy, uh, posts a dick pic by accident, uh, apparently. Cue Caroline making much innuendo in America. Then he puts the club up for sale. He says he's mortified. I imagine he's not the only one of a black and white persuasion feeling that way. Okay, so we've got Aid Rawdon from Notts TV on the line. He's a, a big Notts County fan. Been quite a weekend. You didn't even have a game, mate. <laughs> yeah, the founder members had a problem with a member, didn't they? Um, <laughs> uh, quite literally. Yeah, it's 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 not good at the moment. Um, obviously, clearly from top to bottom, it's uh, been a bit of a shambles of late, and uh, really deflecting from what the most important issue is, which is uh, league survival. Obviously, 130 years ago in March we, we won our we won our only major honour which was the FA Cup. So, you know, we've got to got to get our act together on the pitch now and concentrate and we've got a big game coming up with the uh, Lincoln visiting the San Cyril on Saturday. Alan Hardy's kind of made it all about Alan Hardy. I noticed he was on local news last night explaining what had happened. It's not really worked from the start, is it? It's knots have struggled with their owners over the last couple of years. He he kind of trumpeted himself when he came in as as the antidote to people who've been there before, but it never works when you've got an owner who wants to be the centre of attention. That looks like what's happened here, really. I think what um, the problem has been is that he's clearly not employed the right people in the right jobs. I mean, employing football people. I mean, it was well known that we had. Darren Fletcher on our board, who was advising the chairman about players. They were looking at the recruitment over the summer and trying to bring the average age of the squad down and trying to create a, a younger player from a saleable asset point of view. And Kevin Nolan, when he came in, was an impact manager. He was obviously still a player registered, just finishing his career. He had an affinity with players. He went down the sort of old school manager who, you know, putting his arm around them, taking them for a pint when they when they played well. It worked for a time. I think fans got a little bit fed up, I suppose, with this sort of style of play. It was a bit Sam Allardyce-esque, you know, sometimes we're bombing long balls forward. But you know what? It was effective and it, it produced a, a level of success. But I think it was a from that moment, I think the club created its own problem, its own arrogance, if you like, that we had this that were this massive football club that was on a big journey and what's happened since has just been a total demantalization of what what's, was achieved at the time. You know, getting rid of Kevin too early in the season, bringing a, a name in in Harry Kuehl. Funnily enough, Harry Kuehl is the most successful manager currently of this season with three wins in a week. We've only won four all year. It's been a catalogue for us. Aid, where on earth does this leave... Um... Neil Ardley. I mean, he's taken the job and it's just been one thing after another. Would he have wanted to do business in the last few days as well to just try and give them a boost uh, going into the last stage yeah. of the season? The chairman came out on TV last night, local television, to say that there was hoping to sign two players this week. Given the events of the weekend and where the club's league position is, I would struggle to see 
who was going to come into this club to make a difference unless they were very heavily incentivised financially. No professional footballer wants a relegation on the CV, let alone one that takes you out of the football league. I think Neil Ardley's probably, possibly could even potentially walk. Why, why would you want to stay at Notts County, given that you could have that on your CV as a stain? And given the instability now that's been created by the chairman's actions at the weekend and now saying that the club's open for sale. You wouldn't blame Neil Ardy. Having said that, Neil Ardy's come to the club on a pretty bad run with Wimbledon. I understood that he didn't really want to get back into management too quickly. He's been congealed back into a job, was allowed to go away on holiday, which most professional people would have thought was a bit strange, given our plight. Was then given a 55-point total by the chairman, announced, and, and mid, mid-table was going to be the, <laughs> the target. I think Neil Ardy must be looking at things and thinking, crikey, what have I done wrong? He's only won one game out of his 11 in charge. So things have clearly got to change very, very quickly for Neil Ardley and for Notts County. Well, good luck for the rest of the season. It sounds pretty bleak, but you never know. Maybe there'll be a miracle like there was with Martin Allen all those years ago. Um, Thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right, let's get to the uh, top of the table game then. Bury 3, Lincoln 3. Loads of goals. Adrian, Lincoln going to look at this as two points drop. They led three times away from home and didn't win the game. I guess so, but I still think it's a good result given how well Berry are playing at the moment. Berry have been absolutely flying, banging in goals left, right and centre. So it's not a disaster by any stretch of the imagination. Given how MK Dons have fallen off a cliff, we'll probably get to them shortly, that a draw is absolutely fine for them. Really impressed actually with uh, Danny Cowley's attitude. If you're in a position of strength, you can either just, just think, oh, we'll carry on as we are. And we heard Nathan Jones, when he was at Luton, uh, came on as Luton boss, said he, he didn't want loan players. He did, didn't want them because he, he's happy to, to go with the group for the season. Uh, but he's brought in a sprinkling of, of loanees, hasn't he, this month? I think four um, throughout the team as well. Kate Kane Bulger's come in at the back, big guy. Rowe and Roberts as forwards. Brown at the back. Midfielder called Marco O'Hara from from Peterborough. So he's revamped the squad, given it some fresh energy at, at what I would describe the the key juncture of the season. Smart management, in my view, and I can now see. Well, I could see it already, but I think Lincoln will kick on from here. Don't think they're going to lose many more games between now and the end of the season. Sam Grimsby won McDonald's nil. Didn't see that coming, I suppose, because Grimsby's form has been pretty rotten. But but as Adrian alluded to, MK struggling a little bit at the moment. Big win for Grimsby nonetheless. You didn't hear me describe the other week how wonderfully Grimsby played with 10 men then, did you? <laughs> um, yeah. I did. I was sat in this very chair. But oh, were you? Yeah, it didn't make much of an impression on me, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's their first goal in 2019. And Grimsby. they played with 10 men for a big yeah. part of this game too. yeah. I just said that, didn't I? <laughs> um, yeah, Wes Thomas, nine now. He's got for the season. Good player, Wes Thomas. Very good player at that level. Surprised that he's down there. He's always been a good finisher. Saw him a lot at, at Swindon a few seasons ago. MK, it's three in a row now. They go down to Exeter for the Paul Tisdale derby at the weekend, which has now got a, it's, it's huge meaning to see if they can, you know, stay within the, 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 the promotion contenders. David Wheeler's gone there now from um, QPR. He's been at Portsmouth and not played that regularly. Someone obviously Tiz knows well from Exeter. So I think that could fill the gap. The the, the lad they lost back to, to Cardiff to obviously complement Agard. 
uh, and an EK at the top end of the pitch. So that will give them a boost. But, I mean, it's not looking good for them Dropped at all. Dropped an EK, didn't he, at the weekend as well, which is quite harsh for a guy that scores as many goals as he has this year. It's not a new thing, this this drop-off from MK Dons. It's It's been happening quietly in a sort of understated way for a long, long time. I've looked at the, the form table over, over the last 10 games, which I think is a, is a good gauge. They're 18th in the form table, 18th. That is that is falling off a cliff form, and you wonder whether they've got the wherewithal to to do a U turn and, and and get on that on that um, up climb again. So look, it would be such a shame for them, given how well they were doing, that they weren't even to make the playoffs. But but it's looking a little bit desperate at the moment. I think we will see. Surely we will see a big influx of players in the next couple of days. If the if the owner and chairman doesn't back Tisdale here. Um, with new faces, then then I think they might be in trouble. Briefly on um, Cheltenham 3, Macclesfield 2. Macclesfield beaten. They played for much of the game with 10 men too after Cameron was sent off. They're two points behind Morecambe. I think every point obviously crucial at this stage of the season, but not that damaging a defeat given the circumstances. A big win for Cheltenham, five points above the dotted line now. Sam, Jacob Maddox got the winner somebody who you and I watched for the Chelsea youth team. Um, I saw him getting kicked all over Meadow Lane a couple of months ago. You look at the guy and think he is going to be eaten alive in League Two because he looks like he's, you know, eight stone ringing wet. But he seems to have adapted pretty well to it. He has. And yeah, just for a bit of background, him and Mason Mount kind of came through in tandem and they played normally as two holding midfield players for for a large part of their development and were brilliant. And there wasn't a great deal between them. And obviously Mason's really kicked on and and um, Jacob's just plateaued a little bit in the last few years. So obviously his first loan move, League Two, Cheltenham, probably quite a set way of playing under the previous manager. But yeah, he's, he's done well at spells. It was a nice little finish and he was involved in the sending off as, as well. I think Cameron was pulled him down. wasn't the red he? card, was it? I mean, um, from, the, from the replays I could see, it's just an arm was out. didn't seem like a swing of the elbow. I thought it was incredibly harsh. There was a few at the weekend, wasn't there? Yeah. A few co- uh, contentious decisions. What I, what I did enjoy from the game was Michael Rose's penalty, though, that um, yeah. hit the post and then went back in off the goalkeeper who uh, <laughs> felt that he'd not extended himself to get anything near the ball and he, he ultimately was the person who put it over the line. But... Mm. Yeah, Cheltenham, I think they're probably going to still have a quite a tough end to the season. Macclesfield, I do believe that they will survive. Right, it may have struck some eagle-eyed football fans that teams beginning with L are atop of all five leagues. So, Joe, if people believe in fate and they think that Liverpool, Leeds, Luton, Lincoln and Leighton Orient will all finish top, what, what will you give me on that, on that quintet? Well, obviously, they're all very short prices. As singles, but the accumulator pays just over thirty-two to one. So, should we do like a little charity bet? Well, yeah, if you want to put fifty it? quid forward oh, for oh, that, should Joe. Should, yeah, should, yeah. Should we stick, do. Should we stick yeah. 100, 100 quid on, and then we'll give it to charity if they all win at the yeah. end of the season? I think. I think it's a. I think that's quite generous odds actually on the accumulator. I know it's hard to pull off all five, but but if you were to ask me for the winner right now, I think I would. I would go with those. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. certainly the the three EFL teams. Yeah. We'll have a look at some of the games coming up this weekend. Obviously, there's um, plenty of matches midweek, so everything could change. The Friday night game is Preston versus Derby. Uh, Derby coming off the back of another cup win back into league action. But, Adrian, it, it, we can't look far beyond Leeds v Norwich, can we? Goodness me. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's an absolute belter, isn't it? I can't wait, can't wait to see it. Oh, I know that, yeah, Sam fancies Norwich. I'm, I'm really, really impressed by the football that Norwich have produced. It's very calm. I just... 
I think that there's a little problem area, and you've picked up Ben Godfrey, and I think he deserves praise. And closer is a good player. I just think that that that, that little bit there with the keeper, Cruel, who's is an up and down season, and the centre halves, just think that that has to be looked at as a as a reason why they're conceding so many goals. Again, at the weekend, centre-half, it was actually Zimmerman that switched off and allowed Billy Sharp to sneak behind him for the second goal. So I, I still think Norwich should should invest in a centre-half before the end of the window. But but as for this game, so hard to call. Yeah, It's going to be a great game to watch. I'm confident that these will be Premier League teams next season. I think Leeds have got the, the quality and the manager. And I think Norwich have got the philosophy the dressing room and the momentum to sustain it Sam West Brom against Middlesbrough any chance Tony Pulis does a massive trolling of the West Brom fans and goes and plays three up front open expansive football (laughs) and yeah look look what you could have won kind of thing probably not no but (laughs) I don't think so though it looks like he's in the the market for a striker though I understand. There's been talk of Vassell from from Birmingham, but obviously Che Adams is um, being linked with moves as well. They lost Bogle the other day, Birmingham, so I'm not sure that one's going to happen. But yeah, I I would imagine Tony Pulis will be in the market for a striker in the next couple of days if he can get it done. Why not? But it's not going to be one I'm going to be racing to see the highlights from. League One, Peterborough v Plymouth. Darren Ferguson, his first home game in charge of his third spell. Shrewsbury against Luton, Pompey Doncaster. Sunderland v Wimbledon. Grant Ledbitter, since we've been on air, has signed again for Sunderland. Interesting, Adrian, but probably not as interesting as Josh Madger choosing Bordeaux as his Yeah, well, good luck to him. He he earned the move, didn't he? A fantastic season. It's a big loss for Sunderland, you have to say. Coming at a time, we, we talked about the League One fancies. And something didn't get mentioned, did they? And they weren't in the top two or three with William Hill in the betting either. And it just they've just sort of plateaued a little bit. Really big game, I think, for them. At home to Wimbledon. It's a game they should win comfortably, but will Wimbledon tails up? Will they be able to produce what they did against uh, the Irons against the Black Cats? If they do, if they press them in the way they did and play with as much bravery, could see an upset there because I, th- I sense that Sunderland a little bit fragile. League 2, we mentioned the uh, Paul Tisdale derby elsewhere. Mansfield v Macclesfield at Field Mill. Second top v second bottom. Sam Mansfield absolutely flying at the moment. And with George Grant in there as Mm. well, Tyler Walker in great form. That's a tough-looking game for, as we are obliged to call them, Sol Campbell's Macclesfield. (laughs) It is. They've done some brilliant business. Yeah, interestingly, that falling out that seems to have happened between uh, Notts County and various teams seems to have benefited um, Mansfield getting the, the lad from Forest Nicky Jose as well David Flickroft knows what Nicky Jose is all about he's not going to get involved in too much of the build up but as a player at that level on the show or League 2 level incredible signing because he'll get you, get your goals at Jose so they surprised me Mansfield I think there are a lot of people's fancies for that third spot and um, expect them to win that but like I already touched on been really impressed with what Sol Campbell's done <laughs> if you want a, a little uh, gamble on last scorer I was looking at Tyler Walker's form because it's, it's red hot isn't he uh, 15 goals now 11 of them have come in the final half an hour of games he's not one for early goals but he kicks on towards towards the end so he could be a good good gamble for for last scorer Tyler Walker and uh, yeah I think Mansfield have got well they've they've got so much quality going forward and I think their central midfield is, is excellent as well so um 
yeah, I would expect them to win this game. It's funny when you see uh, players whose dads had a career; they're usually quite similar players. Mm. Tyler Walker, <laughs> what <laughs> nearly twenty goals already this season. Des Walker, one goal in his entire it's career. It's probably in the garden trying to get away from him. <laughs> as soon as he was in short trousers, <laughs> step overs for fun. Yeah. You'll never beat Des Walker. Ah, oh, what a player he was! And finally. Nice easy game for Notts County at home to Lincoln. That would be a massive upset if they were Huge, that. yeah. I, yeah I, you'd, you'd fancy Lincoln to, to trounce Notts County. It's looking pretty bleak, isn't it? Yeah, I've, I've had my say on, on Alan Hardy on previous podcasts. Uh, I wish I could say I'm surprised at the events that have unfolded in the last few days. All I'll say to Notts County fans is look at Luton, look at Mansfield, look at, at Lincoln. They're, they're direct opponents this weekend. It's not terminal. You can go out of the EFL and come back stronger. So um, that's something to cling on to. Anyone got any interesting games on the horizon, Sam? You're off to Wales as soon as we finish recording. Yeah, not expecting what I was served up last night, maybe. But yeah, Swansea, Birmingham tonight, return of Gary Monk to Swansea. And someone will get a really good reception because he was there throughout that purple patch golden period in Swansea's history big part of that um, so he'll get a nice reception I think it'll be one goal either way Adrian you're at the Emirates tonight and then you'll be keeping across all the EFL previewing and reviewing of this course, weekend. of course I will yeah yeah. I'm in uh, covering Premier League at the weekend actually in Spurs uh, but I will be home in time to watch Leeds versus Norwich so that is uh, definitely on the menu for me Right, that's pretty much it for this edition of the Totally Football League Show. I'm back next week. Until then, keep in touch via at the Totally Show. Just, you know, really make sure that what you're tweeting is what you mean to tweet. No cock-ups. You've been listening to the Totally Football League Show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddykneesmedia.com and be sure to check out our other football shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audio Boom, and everywhere else you get your audio on demand. Supporting your team can be a beautiful thing, but then come the injuries, the goal droughts and the downright disastrous defeats. That's a little bit like life really, and here at the Totally Football Show, we believe we should all support each other the way we support our team, through the good days and the bad. And that's why we're continuing to work with Calm, the campaign against living miserably, a charity dedicated to preventing male suicide. On average, 12 men take their own life every day in the UK, so that's your starting 11 and your manager every single day. And part of the problem is that many of us still feel uncomfortable talking about mental health and suicide, and this can often stop men from opening up and getting support when they need it the most. So if you're worried that someone close to you is having a tough time, check in with them and let them know that Calm is there. Every day from 5pm till midnight, Calm provide a free, confidential and anonymous helpline and web chat for any man who needs support. Visit thecalmzone.net to find out more about Calm.